Alright, can you guys hear me now? Oh, I can hear you loud and clear, Riley. Once our other fiend gets into the recording, we'll be able to take off. Good to hear from we'll you tonight, up. man. Yeah, thank God. Alright, <laughs> maybe this is finally over. <laughs> this looks like it. Alright, fiend number two, you hear? Honestly... <laughs> We're gonna, we're going to be calling this the uh, Hoop Fiends. I think we like that one. But one point or another, we were in a class about a different sport, and we were called the Three Amigos. So it's not a bad idea. The Three Amigos are present. Everyone all ready? Ready. Yeah, dude, Someone hit me with a nice Survivor, uh, Survivor intro horn. <laughs> you guys heard the horn. It is time. A huge hello and a hey-o to everyone out there. Because at long last... Everything involved has come together, and it's here. The whistle has been blown, and two big men have tipped off, and the main event is here. It's Hoop Fiends! The three of us, honestly, have been getting together to yell about the NBA since we've been friends. And we have always said, God, I wish someone was recording that. Well, folks, the technology has always been there. It just has finally become time that we gain the ambition and are doing it. We're here to share all those ramblings and yelling about the NBA, about all of our thoughts and takes with all of you guys. Isn't that nice? Now, there is a bit more structure than that. Each time we meet, we're going to try to keep things on track. We want to get into the usual current events, takes, and all that. But more than anything, we want to share our perspective on what we love so much about the NBA. And that, it's the drama. Expect us way more often to cover Who's more likely to be laid up at night with their spouse saying, am I getting enough playing time? Way more than we'd be sitting here arguing who the debate is, uh, who the debate about the GOAT is. But don't worry, Steve, it is LeBron. Now that all that fun stuff is out of the way, let's get into it. Like I said, we're going to get into some serious stuff, some weird stuff, and show off a game we want to try start playing between each other live for all of you. But above all, it is all about the NBA. Let's start and start meeting these fiends. Here I am first. My name's John. I gave a he- I went ahead and gave that pretty long-winded intro, but it felt necessary. <laughs> I was a uh, media major in school studying film. Huge film fan, but honestly, I always felt like the two could collide, NBA and film, because I do love the drama with both of them. I'm uh, starting out kind of with a role in the media after graduation, but I really do find myself during the week, missing, getting together with these guys, talking about the drama of the NBA. So I'm really stoked to be kicking it off. Hey, guys, my name's Steve. And, man, I'm just really looking forward to getting into this with uh, John and Riley. I mean, we've been talking about doing this since we were in college, maybe four or five years ago. And this is just something that we have we care so much about in basketball. We just want to mm-hmm. spread that joy with all of you out there. So really right. looking forward to getting into it. I mean, I was a sports comm major at Maris for four years, and this is literally my dream. So let's get into it. Hey, everyone. My name's Riley. Um, the only things I really care world are, uh, <laughs> market, are marketing and basketball. So I'm excited to incorporate both of them into this podcast today. So let's go. Absolutely. Yeah, that was really great to get to talk with everyone. And yeah, I mean, I think honestly what that thread we all share is that we have all these different interests in life, but we do love basketball. And I think, yeah, I don't think it's undeniable that we all do love sports in general. We all went all in our senior year of school to split a Sunday ticket for the NFL. 
So we really do love the NFL. We have ranked a quarterback from time to time. That is a different pod for a different place. Lots of but, quarterbacks um, have been lots ranked. Lots of quarterbacks have been ranked. But um, I don't know. Why do you guys think it is the NBA that we're always talking about? Why specifically is it basketball that we're, like, stuck in the corner of parties? Not socializing. No, why would we do that? Why would we meet other people we can go to a party and just yell at each other about basketball? <laughs> Well, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head, John, just because we love it so much. And when you pegged this question to me, I like had to go back into my mind. And it was so cool to think about like the story of how I became like a real basketball fan. And right. I honestly was thinking about it. I could write a whole book about how I became a basketball <laughs> fan. And because it, it just so it means so much to me. And thinking back on this journey, it was just insane to think about. I was thinking back when it first happened. And I mean, it went all the way back to 2010. I want to say I was uh, I was playing a lot of 2K and fantasy basketball right. with my friends at that point, but I wasn't a basketball fan. I was just doing it because my friends were into it and just wanted to have some have a good time with my friends. And that yep. was so that was in 2010. And I was I'm from New York. And I grew up a Knicks fan. I never just never really cared that much, but that mm-hmm. was the season where uh, the Knicks traded for Carmelo, and right. that was just such a big part of my life that year it was just so cool to like oh my god are the Knicks gonna get Carmelo they're gonna give up Danilo Gallinari are they, are they gonna give up <laughs> get rid of them <laughs> yeah and it was like at right. the time it was crazy like are we really gonna give up Gallinari and Raymond Felton for this guy like I don't know that was like, our and, big midseason move <laughs> no it was and it's crazy at the time yeah like, that they were considering not doing that but I mean I know I mean and then that's what really got me on the Knicks bandwagon for sure yeah, definitely. I mean, there's nothing more exciting, like you said, to like be, especially when you're little. I mean, isn't it kind of um, in some ways like sad? I think we can all agree with this. When you grow up, we love sports, but when you learn about like the business side of it and like what it really takes to get a championship, you know, at the end of the day, when you're little, you just want stars, you know? So when right. you were oh, getting yeah. uh, Amari and Carmelo, that must have been huge for you. Oh, I, I, I remember vividly that I downloaded like an illegal copy of a spoof of the song Black and Yellow. It was stat and mellow. I was like, oh, <laughs> stat and mellow, stat and mellow. Stat. I was, it was like the coolest thing ever. I would go around middle school hallways like, yeah, uh. And it was just like. Steve, you must have been a hit in middle school. No, I, 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 was, I was a big fan. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, and even even before that, though, and right during that season, that was the same season as LeBron's decision. And right. As a casual Knicks fan at the time, like, there was some hope, like, maybe LeBron will go here. Like, I was, like, casually, like, oh, I wonder what he'll go. And, they <laughs> right. do, and he does this decision. And, listen, you both know, and I'm sure the fans will know soon, I could go off on for two hours oh, yeah. with LeBron. And I'm not going <laughs> to do that right now, at least. He's not listening. It's okay. Right. But the thing is, that villainy, that hatred of him also – gave me a reason like i want to watch the nba i want to see him lose it was like right. cool the root against the villain like it's that. like wrestling you know it's like the wwe in some sense because sometimes these guys are just larger than life i agree yeah and then i mean like it's just no other sport can do that baseball i don't who, who there's no one to root against football i mean i i mean i could also do another two two hour pod on why i hate brady but <laughs> right it doesn't matter but then Save that for ranked quarterback. exactly and then there's just it, it that was the start of when it really kicked into me and then i mean a year later jeremy linsanity i mean that just catapulted my fandom the year after was steph curry right and steph curry broke the record for threes i think it was in 2012 13 season and that was when the knicks like lost jeremy lynn and they, they were still good that year they had all their old vets right but steph curry carried me through the next eight years of basketball it was 
basically the next eight years was him versus LeBron and my favorite what, player. Versus... What a great, uh, what a great storyline. Well, yeah. really, it just feels like, uh, it feels a lot like superheroes in a lot of ways. And yeah. yeah, honestly, I will relate with you really quickly on that. To be a Knicks fan means that to be, if you're a, a Knicks fan who loves basketball, you can almost guarantee that you have 10 other favorite players who did not wear Knicks jerseys. Your favorite players have to be other guys because Honestly, I love Melo and I loved all those guys. But um and those playoff runs in the early twenty tens were magic, man. Like that really I like I remember like leaving certain dinners on vacation uh June when they were um you know pushing in the playoffs against like Paul young Paul George. I mean, yeah, that was I mean like mom, don't talk offense. to me. I need to see yeah. Melo beat this young kid and this Lance Stevenson asshole. But um yeah, you're right. It just means being a Knicks fan that you have to be fans of like other other you know, other teams. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's pretty much where I started look, when I looked at that. I mean, I could keep going, but I'm not going to. But that's the real foundation of how it started for me. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I know you're a big Celts guy, Riley. What uh, what kicked it off for you with the Celtics? Or just maybe not even just the Celtics, but like the sport in general. Yeah, so when I think about myself getting into sports just as a general topic, it usually is around like when I was still in elementary school. And the two things I really remember vividly were in – the Red Sox winning uh, the World Series for the first time in 2004. Oh, yeah. And um, the Yukon Huskies winning the NCAA tournament in 2004 with Emeka Okafor and Ben Gordon and just like a bunch of heroes. And those are the first. Right. And those guys both ended up going to the NBA in the first round. Like, I want to say like two and three. It was the same draft as Dwight Howard. And um, oh, wow. I think that was the first time I really understood like what good prof- catch. I didn't know that. I think that was the first time I really understood what like professional sports was and like what it, what it, like <laughs> what mattered. Um, yeah. And then the first time that I really felt that I had to pay attention to it um, was uh, in 2008. I remember like coming downstairs one day, and my dad had ESPN on, and uh, the Big Three uh, trade had just officially gone through for uh oh yeah for Kevin Garnett and Rayon to join Paul Pierce on the Celtics and I remember I was like if this is the first thing I'm seeing in the morning it's got to be a big deal that's like normally how it went when I was like yeah years old so oh my dude didn't uh didn't it before school ESPN just hit different oh that was the best dude well anytime anything Mike and Mike said was the most important thing that I (laughs) that I heard about (laughs) those are my uncles by far so that was what was really what got me into basketball I think was just number one just in Connecticut where you don't really have a a state team you know what I mean like it's just a bunch of it's, it's UConn or nothing so it was UConn players doing their thing and obviously uh Having and the WNBA, yeah, yeah, come on, the Connecticut <laughs> There's a pot out there yeah. of hoop, hoop fiends for ladies. Yeah. Come on, we gotta re- we gotta appeal to the guys and girls. Yeah. But yeah, Connecticut's kind of bad right. these days. But yeah, um, that was the first time I really remembered caring about uh, professional basketball in and of itself. Right, and just even knowing that um, sports are it's a cutthroat industry like that where people can be moved around one uh, one after another. That was the first sure. time that really was implemented in my mind. So I want to say that year uh, was the first time I really started caring about basketball as its own sport. And I mean, I was in love with it from there. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think I think we all kind of have that same thing where 
we love it for like the storylines, the emotions of it. And like, it just is a huge part of culture in a way that other big sports aren't. But I do agree. I think when you're that young, you need something to hit close to home. So Steve has been a, a guy who's always li- lived in a, you know, like Westchester area of upstate New York, having the Knicks pick goods big. And then when you're living in Connecticut, your team is the Celtics, the Celtics getting big. It always is a draw in for, uh, for you guys. I feel that. Yeah, I mean, when you're young like that, there's really nothing to be but a bandwagon fan. Like, like exactly, like, it's a good time, that's, and that's when you do it. Like, Absolutely. what the fuck do you have to care about? You just like, I'd rather just like, you can either care about real sports or you can just like not even pay attention, and just like watch SpongeBob and just like eat fruit snacks all day. Doesn't matter. I mean, when the, when the biggest stresses in your life are spelling tests, I'm not gonna have someone give me shit about being a bandwagon fan for any team. It's like, listen, I gotta spell landscaping on Monday morning. Don't mind me if I hop on like. The Clippers uh, Lob City bandwagon, yeah, exactly. which I did for a little bit. I guess for myself, um, just to wrap up this both, you know, topic of just our love and adoration for this sport, to, uh, to wrap that up really quick. I think for me, it really does come down to like an even more, an even more emotional level of just like the sports I loved. I don't know. I just could not hit the fucking ball for baseball. I, that thing was just. All in each year, traumatic. I got hit by the ball. I, like, wasn't picked. I'm pretty sure, like, a coach, like, told me, like, I'll never be anything. Like, bad stuff. (laughs) But uh, for basketball, it was the opposite. I actually didn't play it in any, like, K through 5 teams. But every summer, I did this, like, basketball camp for two weeks. And there's, like, kids I would, like, take bullets for now as a 24-year-old man who I haven't seen in, like, a clean decade. (laughs) But I loved them back then. I swear to God. What we did was absolutely absurd. And you guys know this because, you know, we are good friends. I still to this day talk about why I have a really weird grudge against Steve Nash because during those camps, it went from like nine to two and lunch at 12 wasn't even lunch. It was like a Snickers bar and a yellow Gatorade. This was pre-health. So um, we'd sit there with our candy bars and we would all the time watch Steve Nash fundamentals videos that just killed me. So it does go back to that. And it goes back to um that I just loved that even if I stunk, I could still run really hard and play defense. And uh, I love that as a kid. I think Gary Goleman, the comedian, has a really good um comedy bit about how he's like, you ever notice that the people who are best at basketball are the loneliest? Because you don't have to have friends to play. And I didn't have a big neighborhood with uh, kids, and I didn't really have siblings that played sports with me. So the fact that it could be me, the ball, and the hoop, that was beautiful to me. And um, all right, so let's get this out of the way. My pull-in was very similar to Steve's. It was that Knicks team. Specifically, I do, I you know, I will flex a little bit. Not really the flex. Everyone kind of remembers this. I do remember when Lynn subbed in off the bench um, in that season, that really magical 2011 season, right, Steve? That was 2011. Yeah, and he came in, the first game was against the Nets and Duran. I know. Fuck him. So he came in against the Nets. And um, just like, that was a cool story because, again, I think we're all about stories, really. I think that's what we want to try to get out there on this pod is a unique perspective. You're never going to find us talking. We will talk stats and we will talk things like that. But I think the biggest things are like these narratives and seeing, you know, um, a kid from Harvard come on in and really start to start to tear it up. And then he, oh, my God, at that Friday, him being Kobe, forget about it. You know, that was a beater against the Raptors, too. I'll never forget that one. I'll never forget that. And I think this is something that all three of us really do share as a common thread. I don't want to, you know, you use too much uh, foul language. I don't want to use anything like that. But I do want to say whatever the, the, the best word is for this, I just bow down and get on my knees for 
trades, drama. The bubble was great because there was so much beef in the bubble. So I love that stuff. I think that's really what does it for me is that the NBA has been for, I would say, since LeBron's decision, actually, as like ridiculous as it was, Steve, I think you could agree. I think you too, Riley, is that LeBron's decision is kind of like a Big Bang Theory, you know, moment. Not Big Bang Theory. That's a show with Jim Parsons. It's a Big Bang <laughs> moment with um just starting everyone demanding trades and this current modern NBA that we love. Well, well, yeah, I, I mean, that, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Well, I was, my favorite thing about uh, the NBA, and I think what has made it my favorite of all sports that I watch, is I think the off the off court stuff is almost as interesting as their on court product, and yeah, it's, ver- it's very much like an HBO drama for sure. Court. Everyone hates each other. Everyone has kind of beefs. And there's always storylines. Oh yeah, and egos moving on, um, and it always does kind of seem like the good guys win and the bad guys lose. And I think that's what makes it such a beautiful piece of content to digest. And that's why it's more than a sport. It's a yeah. piece of art to me. Well, let me, uh, let me turn it on you really quick, Riley. You're talking about uh, off court being as good as on court. Let's talk about your 2020 to 2021 Celtics for a little bit. I know this has not been your on court dream season to say the least, but I feel like off court, I feel like every day there's like, oh, what's going on? Are they going to get this player? What are the fans talking about? The off-court with this Celtics team is like top 10 off-court seasons like for anyone. Yeah, I mean, it's almost kind of like disheartening because like, it, yeah. cause there's like good and bad because on the court, it's been so great to see uh, like Jalen Brown finally like come in, like step up to like the role that everyone thinks he could have been. And same with Robert Williams. But the problem has been just – everything else like nobody knows like besides uh everyone knows that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are are like going to be there for the long term nobody knows um the future of anybody else on the team so it's just no they do not it's it's just been chaos the whole way through especially with all trade exception and everything the trade deadline coming up and it it, it does make for like like a little bit of a mini series that isn't just watching it on the court. You know how um, reality television shows will post like extra content on like YouTube, yeah, and it'll be like, oh, well, this was what happened like this day that you didn't get right, to see. Right. That's basically extra confessionals. Yeah, that's and basically like that. what the entire Celtics um, game or after the play game is. It's just like all this different stuff you have to digest to really understand what's going on. Oh, it's a nightmare right now, for sure. I do not envy you as a Celtics fan. I definitely don't uh, envy Mrs. Ainge. There's no way Danny Ainge comes home and has a pleasant meal with his wife. <laughs> no, those have to be miserable. All the things are going, I don't know what to do! What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's definitely just, like, getting into specifics that she doesn't care about. He's like, I just John don't know why. Then. I don't, I don't know why uh, Teague won't bring up the ball. She's like, who is Teague? <laughs> Well, what makes it so, what makes it just so dumb is the fact that they have the same exact record <laughs> as the Toronto Raptors, who also like aren't meeting expectations, and just like the Toronto Raptors are just like, yeah, like who cares, like we're fine. But they get such a pass, yeah, because yeah, it's like it's the Raptors. Yeah. They shouldn't have even won that finals, really. It, it, yeah, and on on the other side of the spectrum, they have the same record as the Knicks, and then we're all like, Whoa, exactly. I, no, can I counterpoint with that really quickly though? No, what's annoying, Steve is I am 
I'm woohoo. You know, I'm woohoo. I, I am very woohoo about the You're mic. woohooing, but there's fans out there, and I think these are more fans of an age that are well into their 401ks. They're a little bit more in their 40s and 50s, but there are Knicks fans, not to be ageist right off the bat on the podcast, but there are Knicks fans and any basketball fans that are just like in win now mode with the Knicks, which I'm frankly not in win now mode as a fan. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. The, all these guys are like, well, how are we going to get Oladipo? And how are we going to get the – like, well, I mean, if we can get them for a low price, sure, but why are we going to give up all of our future? Like, our, we had a few guys get hurt last game, and Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina, and Obi Toppin are all getting minutes and all looking, like, fun yeah. and good. Why are we going to, like, waste yeah. that on a guy like Oladipo who's just going to go to Miami anyway? It is kind I of agree. ironic how uh, everyone – like hatred of the Knicks, like all the fan self-loathing of the Knicks always stems from that. Oh man, like the Knicks, they're always just trying to chase after free agents. They're not trying to develop young talent. And the second they actually have young talent, they're like, "Why aren't we chasing free agents?" It doesn't make any sense. It's, 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 it's a vicious like, All right, so maybe it's, is this? If we had a. I'll go ahead and like get the Wizard of Oz moment out of there, folks. For you know, all millions of you listening at home, we do we do follow a loose agenda. Is this seem like a good time? Should we just have a Knicks conversation now? As long as we're talking about it, let's just let's just get rid of this. Like it's a like it's a like it's like a, someone who won't leave the house at the party. Let's just let's just talk about well, it. Listen, now. I could talk Knicks for hours. So what do you got yeah. for me? Well, let's just talk about is this surge? Is it real? And I don't know, like. As, as a fan for you, Steve, and then like as someone who gets to have, um, you know, your fair amount of fandom stress, you're up late, late, late at night sweating about should you have taken quickly instead of Pritchard, oh, yeah. which is a debate that we will long talk about on Hoop Fiends. But um, yeah, like, I don't know. Are the Knicks real? And like, what what should they do? What should the mindset be of someone who works in that office? Well, to, to me, the problem is like as feel, as real as it feels as a fan, if we lose two games in a row, we're like the tenth seed out of nowhere, and that's it's really intense right yeah, now. Yeah, that's the state of the Eastern Conference right now. It's like just because we have like a one one and a half game lead, it feels like we're on top of the world. We were the four seed a couple of days ago. I think we fell down one or two spots since then. But I, I know. But the, the problem is too. I've heard this being discussed out there. I mean, I don't want to talk about it, but like, let's say Julius Randle like rolls an ankle and just misses a week or two. What, we're bummed. We don't win a game. <laughs> we're done. I know. Which, I mean, like, I'd love to talk about his MVP conversation, but that would never happen. But, I mean, he means so much to the Knicks right now. He does. And that's why I do understand the perspective of, like, we, we need to trade for someone, we need to help him. But, like, do I, like I said earlier, do we? Like, I'm fine just making the playoffs. Like, the four seed yeah. feels great, but, like, as, as an, if I was part of the Knicks uh, front office, I'm not panicking. And that's what they seem to be doing. They seem to be handling everything smart. Like I was like, oh no, we're getting. Derek they are. Ford. I like uh, I like Leon Rose, man. Yeah, thought... Honestly, and like the the uh, just the piggyback off of liking what they're doing really quickly. I do have to throw in there really quick. I just think Tibbs and Leon Rose and some of these new Mike Woodson back on the coaching oh, yeah. staff. I think some of these like slight updates have really done a lot for uh for something that some people refer to as um, team culture. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and I mean as love our love to plug heat culture but look what it does for you it really really helps you run a really great organization and it does and that was like the same thing with the derrick rose acquisition i mean i thought it was a horrible idea at first i thought it was a horrible idea at first then i see they only give up a second round pick and dennis smith who i don't care about and i'm like all right why not he's tibbs's guy you know and he comes here right he's already mentoring the young guys and he's doing a great job i agree i'm right there with you man we are we are captaining the same ship i think the scary thing uh is just 
how the media is just always going to be against them. And it's especially when you play in a big market yeah. like New York, it's always going to be kind of an uphill battle to like convince everybody that like you're cool and like good again. Um, especially because the right. second half of the schedule just got released. So their next five games, I just pulled this up. Uh, they have Detroit, Milwaukee, OKC, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia. So they have two bad teams, but then Milwaukee, oh Brooklyn, gosh. and Philadelphia are three of the best, three best teams <laughs> in the East, and three of the six best teams in basketball. And I'm telling you, Riley, like you can relate to this right now with a struggling team. Those two seemingly easy wins are going to feel like final exactly. wins so if like, you get them. Like that's the issue oh, yeah. is that it it's not out of the question. In fact, it should be expected that they lose three three of the five For games. Sure. But the second they start doing that after how the Knicks are doing, People everyone's going to be react. like, what's going on here? Blah, 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 I know. You know. Yeah. Basketball. And that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. People need to realize like the expectations coming into this season were like, maybe we'll win 20 games. We'll tank and get the first round, like the first overall pick. But like, I was happy with just the play in tournament and, there's no, reason, I, dude, there's I want, no reason I want, to, I want, I want games that matter. Basically, yeah. that's all I'm dying for is games that have me actually caring because I know this sounds like I'm a huge simp, but I honestly, I was fine with losing to the Spurs last night because you know what? I watched the full game and I just haven't had myself this vested in the Knicks team in years. So to have a team out there that I'm like basing my week around again, be like, I don't know if I can go meet up with you for a drink. I got to watch the Knicks play. OKC. Like that's new. That's new to me. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's the thing. And it's all about this culture that I, I keep comparing it to the Brooklyn Nets from one and two seasons ago. No one, yeah. you never would have assumed KD and Kyrie and Harden are right. there, but they started with Karis LeVert, just all these young guys and built a culture with D'Lo and Joe Harris and Jared Allen. Rooks. Yes, and they just they just built a they made it seem like yeah. okay we're a piece or two away a big free agent can come here and make a difference. Right. Kyrie and KD were never going to come here because one they were they weren't man enough to take the challenge, but that's a whole other story. But two, it wasn't worth it for KD to come and take the challenge because he's like they have nothing. Like why why would I waste my time? You're speaking my words, buddy. Yeah, I'm right there with and you. And I think yeah. what's great the biggest um, prophecy that's kind of been fulfilled with the whole. Nick's young core or we'll talk about him a lot but I think Emmanuel quickly has been just an absolute stud um he's probably been the third best guy out of this draft behind like Lamelo and Halliburton I would say he's 100%. probably the third big guy um he just comes off the bench and he just he gets it done night after night he always puts up numbers he helps yeah. me sleep at night he's just a pleasant <laughs> No, he Steve. He's good for our mental health. Like I, uh, I was seeing a counselor at the end of my time at Marist, and it was on the same day that we got rid of Kristaps Porzingis. And he's like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "We got rid of Porzingis." So now I'd be doing the opposite. I'm like, "We have quickly." He's like, "You're jumping on my couch. I'll call the police. <laughs> Sit down." But yeah, Riley, I'm right there with you. Young guys and having someone like quickly is well, so new. I, I actually ended up uh, catching a couple minutes of the game last night as well against the Spurs, and um. What seemed pretty clear to me is that he has kind of the green light from Tibbs off the bench where they seem like they're really trying to develop him and give him his own cup, his own minutes and let him run the floor a little bit more. Uh, Which is yeah. why Alfred Payton needs to never see the court again. There's no other way to put it. They should see if there's like an opening in concessions for like hot dogs when fans come back. I wouldn't even want him handling those hot dogs. I want him nowhere near my organization. I... 
he's just holding everything back. When he's in the game, he's not looking to help anyone. He's looking to fill up his own stats. He doesn't care about the team at all. He reminds me, I know I'm talking baseball, but he reminds me of Jay Happ for the Yankees. He just, he came to New York and didn't care about the Yankees. You're losing me on that one. <laughs> Listen, Jay Happ, if you're listening, I want, like, let's go. Like, I have been with you. What, what the, right. uh, the Knicks should do is they should reach out to Sean Marks of the Brooklyn Nets and be like, you can have Alfred Payton for like a second round pick and just try to tank the organization from the inside with having him there. Like a sleeper, like yeah, a sleeper seller. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Send him in as a mole. Send him in as a mole. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And, and it's just, like all things aside, like he's, he's not playing completely awful. It's just taking away minutes from the guys we need to see on the court. Rose needs and to be that is the one thing that's not good, right? That is the one thing that I do want to say that feels like 2015 Knicks or just like an older Knicks mindset when we had like Hornacek out there or something was just forcing veterans that are not going to click and I think if we just get that I don't really care if we I would I would like to just see us get into the plan but if we just barely sneak into the plan but we stop playing Payton and we start playing younger guys more I'm cool with that I don't need the five seed yeah I agree and it's like we were three and zero with Rose as our starting point guard. So, I don't know. I, my my main point of it all is that Alfred Payton needs to never play again. Like he he needs to go. Yeah, I'm done with it. And like, I just am ready to put a cap on. To put, if I talk Knicks too much, my blood starts to boil. So I agree with you guys on everything. Start getting the young guys some minutes and just. I'm happy for well, good basketball. Like we were saying um, with the Knicks, that's rare for them is they actually seem like they're kind of trying to build a culture and get a little bit of the the uh, right. new young voices heard. And the segue to that would be talking about the Atlanta Hawks who just fired Lloyd Pierce, their newest <laughs> coach. Um, oh, they're doing the opposite <laughs> down in the planet. One day after yeah, Black Hits Just month. getting him out of there. Um, I don't know if you, if you guys <laughs> yeah. ended up seeing, but uh, – Rick Carlisle of the Mavericks and Greg Popovich of the Spurs both had like a couple of words to say about um, Lloyd Pierce's firing uh, yesterday. And I, I mean, it makes sense for Rick Carlisle. He's like the head of like the coach committee that he has to kind of stick up for his guys. But that he made a really good point in the fact that when you come in, when you start an organization like the Atlanta Hawks, where you're giving the keys over to the young guys, and you're you keep saying we want to build a new culture, a winning culture. The fact that you try to fire somebody so new to the organization, still trying to figure it out, is just kind of spitting in the face of that, and kind of doing a 180. They really have no idea what they're trying to do here. No, I mean it's a disaster down there. I think I and it's all like I feel like it's all stemming. I listen. I always kind of like the guy, but with Trey Young, I don't know what's happening with whether his mentality isn't right whether he needs to be the guy and no one else is willing to make, I don't understand it honestly at all. I think it stems from him though somehow. Yeah. So um, what's funny is I think uh, their GM, uh, Travis Schlink, that, um, yeah. Tra- That's his name. Yeah, Schlink. <laughs> <laughs> Say yeah. that one more time into the mic. Schlink. Travis Schlink. Yeah. Get him on the pod. Travis Friend Schlink, of the pod, Travis dude. Um, so he, he was the assistant <laughs> for the Warriors, I believe, before he took this job. And so the more I think about it, the idea that when when you hear out of the Hawks organization that we're going to try to build around Trey Young as a Steph Curry type, I think he literally just saw like uh, Bob Myers and the Warriors go, hey, we'll build around Steph Curry and make it smart. 
and he and Travis Schling just went, hey, like we'll just do the same thing, but with just a much worse player. And I mean, I, I don't want to hate on Trey Young too much, but I think he, he's shown to be an exceptional offensive player, and he's a very fun player to watch. But I don't think that kind of game translates in wins, and so it kind of leaves me. It kind of leaves no, me wondering how much of a fault that it was of Lloyd Pierce and how much that is just a bad organization that they have in front of them. I think it's partially his mentality, too. I mean, you see Steph go out every day and play like basketball. like It means the world to him. He cares so much about the game and everything like that. He's a true leader out there in the court. But Trey Young, you know, he whines, he complains. And like, I'm a big Trey Young fan. I don't want to be just like spewing nonsense about him. But like, there's just something, he's not the guy to lead your team. Like, he is having issues with John Collins, and Steph Curry would never allow, like, he would work with John Collins, fix it. He's such a right. good player that, and Trey Young's just like out there, like, no, nah, this is my team, John. Like, and you know they're going to end up trading him, and John Collins is going to go off. That's a sin. He's, he's a, I, do you know, like, I just feel like, how much would you kill Steve to have John Collins on the Knicks right now? And the fact that Atlanta's treating him so poorly. A what? A fourth year player? A third, third, three or four? Uh, third? He's, he's going to be a free agent after this year, so it's got to be his fourth year. Yeah. So how much of a sin is it that a, a player is just finishing out his fourth year in a team that needs him so badly has to yeah, force so, a trade? It's ridiculous. What's well, it's actually been? John Collins is playing it pretty smart because he knows that the free agent market this year is kind of crap. That he can actually probably get big money if he leaves the Atlanta Hawks. And that's, that's oh, yeah. point. the Knicks actually may try to want to pay him if they want to have him out there. Um, him and Randall would yeah. be fun. I'd be with that. I mean, that's going to be – I mean, I honestly I, – I could go on, actually. I don't know what it is. The Hawks, like, do oddly boil my blood, and I actually really didn't like some of the Hawks teams. Like, that Corver, Teague, Millsap, like, Horford team, I did not like. When they were all like, all-stars. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Kyle Corver I mean, averaging, like, 13 You may points. have liked them because they were, like, they actually tied the Eastern that. Conference. Oh, really? I hated yeah. them ever since they named got named four all-stars because Kyle Corver was, like, you know, he's shooting 50% from three. Like, he's got to be an all-star. It was a different time. Get out of here. <laughs> we didn't. It was. We didn't, we didn't it really yeah. we didn't <laughs> It was a different basketball. time. And, uh, I mean, honestly, the last well, – I'll, well, I'll cap it with that is, yeah, you were talking about why are they in rebuild mode, Riley, and I do agree with you. It's a big question mark. And I don't know if you would agree with me, but what I'm looking at this team at is they do have a lot of potential – and I think the way they're running it, though, I think they could be the next Minnesota Timberwolves. Because I think that is a dead organization. I don't see them doing anything. And they are wasting Carl Anthony Towns' prime. And I think it's a sin that the Wolves are doing that. I don't even think it's actually um, at a point where you can save it. I think it's dead. But I think the Hawks are right now, like, when the Wolves had, like, Wiggins and people were so excited about Wiggins, they had Towns. And they were like, oh, maybe we'll get Butler and some agents and we'll be set. I think the Hawks are right around in that uh, area. And I think they're on their fast uh, fast uh, track to be just the next the next Wolves. And you don't want to be the next Wolves. You want to, like you said, you want to be Bob Myers, who was really pa- – and that's the thing about why the Warriors worked. They were patient. And they're going to hit the yeah, panic I- button and be the Wolves. 
Yeah, but uh, but you're forgetting they signed Bogdanovich and Gallinari and Chris Dunn and Rondo. Like they're so they just yeah. don't know what they're doing. You're so right. But, like you're right. Yeah, they just like I'm saying those maybe on paper, Steve. Those signings like okay. No, I was, yeah, I was being sarcastic. Like they're just all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's absurd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so my I'm so blinded in rage about the Atlanta Hawks right now on a uh, yeah. on a Wednesday night at 11 p.m. Uh, that I uh yeah it, I just can't help but think about it. I don't know. It's it's just just it's, to a, put it's a, a shame. One more cap on it and just take you guys even a little bit more mad. So Nate Mc, Nate McMillan, the Indiana Pacers coach from last year, <laughs> he was the assistant coach for the Hawks that is now taking over as the starter with Lloyd Pierce getting fired. And he's yeah. actually he's a pretty good coach. I mean, they made the playoffs last year under him. I think he's actually made the playoffs every single year he was the head coach of Indiana. So um with how how the record was shaping up now, they'll they probably will make the the playing tournament and I could see them actually making the real playoffs. Which would which would mean that they'll probably keep Travis Schlink, they'll probably keep him, and the whole cycle is just <laughs> look oh well, well, you got the whole cycle is just gonna continue over again. And it it just looks it's all, it's, like it's, it's all moving forward to the fact that <laughs> Trey Young may do like a big all star kind of thing and try to force his way out of there. And you know it You think Schlink just bets against the Hawks every game? He's like it's all, it's all grand scheme of things. He's just the, betting against the Hawks. The fact yeah, that we're starting episode lose. one already making enemies with with Travis Schlink is, <laughs> is quite a conundrum. <laughs> so maybe we should have this conversation now. This isn't exactly in our agenda, but we're big name people. Like if we find like I love Isak Bonga just because that's an insane name. Did you know that there's actually a guy named Dwayne Bacon who plays for the Hornets? No way is Bacon out there just cooking for the Hornets. So yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna go ahead and make a document starting now. Schlink is our first favorite name of the Hoop Fiends. Honestly, there's no way he has like that good of, of a PR guy. I feel like if we reach out to Schlink's PR guy, we're like, hey, Hoop Fiends, it's a really informative uh charity where we go ahead and we help out struggling teams. He'll be like, oh, I need that right now. Well, Schlink will come on the pod, friend of the pod, Schlink. Well, he's clearly not doing oh actually i shouldn't slander him he's gonna go slander slink yeah sorry slink we need you on here buddy you're (laughs) great great at your job bogdanovich is a great player i guess so and you know what we were uh i think we were inspired partially to finally start kicking off this podcast not to get super irate about the Atlanta hawks but to go ahead and uh we felt like this was a good time of the year to finally get it going and we were really kind of actually having a lot of feelings that were pretty valid about the All-Star game and definitely just maybe one of the biggest storylines that came out of it because there's always storylines about who got picked and who didn't. You know, that starts young. That starts. It wasn't just me who had emotions about sports growing up. It's also people like Devin Booker. It's the only thing that Devin Booker and I – uh, have in common is that we were snubbed and he was snubbed from the all-star game besides Paul Whittle, Devin Booker, who I'm not a big fan of, who else got that snub? Um, so, um, yeah, you can so I'm still kind of thinking. Um, I, I would just like to say this one thing on Devin Booker. It just seems. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so mean to Devin off the top. I, if he's listening, I'm sorry. It kind <laughs> of seems disrespectful to me in that everyone thought he was going to make the all-star team anyway. And everyone knew that with Anthony Davis's Achilles injury that he wasn't going to play with the fact that they named the reserves and they named Anthony Davis only for him to go 
48 hours later, I can't play. And then the committee goes, we're going to pick Devin Booker anyway. It just seems like <laughs> such a consolation prize. So my, my thing moving forward is if, if you know a player's injured, don't name them for the starting all-star reserves. Just don't do it. It's a waste, it's of, a waste of a vote. And especially because he like wasn't even having like the craziest Anthony the, Davis of years either. No, he wasn't at all. Actually, I'm like, I don't know. I think Anthony Davis needs to like, st- I think in the nicest way, I think he needs to keep recharging uh, and just milk that injury. And like, I don't know, go on vacation, take Mrs. Davis somewhere nice. Just like relax before the playoffs because I don't know. The West is getting The only thing it does is interesting. Make Devin Booker feel worse about himself. And we don't need that. We're, it's yeah. just a smite. We're, we're, it's such we're a smite a, to poor Devin. Pro NBA player podcast. <laughs> and I'm a pro Devin Booker. I know not everyone is, but I am pro Devin Booker, and it's just disrespectful. They continue to do it, and just like they disrespect Dame and all the time. It wouldn't be right if I came out and just like talked this D book slander and didn't back it up. I know you're a fan, but I actually my kind of I know I I really do not want to wake up in the morning and have another podcast about basketball takes this is gonna have some takes in it but it's not what it's all about but here is my take i don't think it's the worst thing ever that he hasn't had that many all-star games what does it keep him hungry is that your thought keep him hungry and like i think a guy like and we'll get into this weird thought of mine i'm not the hugest luka Doncic guy but that's more personal i wake up in the morning and i am sane enough to be like he is like the future of the nba he's a fantastic but I feel like someone like Luca, who is like the absolute best player on a bad team, but that he can still hit game winners. He can still go out there. And like people, I think, are actually at the point where they don't want to face the Mavs in the playoffs just so they don't find themselves in a situation where he almost beat the Clippers. Like he had no right to take that uh, series to six, but he did. I just feel like if you strip away. You know, Michael Bridges, Aiden, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, these new exciting parts of the Suns, and it's just Booker. People are not afraid of Booker if he sneaks well, into I mean, the play- playoffs with a Bear Suns team. I agree, not yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he, he wouldn't. Like, we saw those Suns teams for the past, like, three years. They didn't make the playoffs, and they were pretty. I just I don't think he'll get there. I think he's at the point where he knows what kind of player he is. And sometimes there's nothing better than being a person who knows who you are and being a basketball player who knows what kind of player you are. And I think he's the kind of player that I don't even think he's a two. I think he's going to be a part of a duo someday that can win a championship. I do. I just don't think he is absolutely a super duper star caliber and I don't think you'll ever have that caliber where he's going to be like a LeBron James, a Steph Curry, like a super-duper star. Luka, well, yes. I don't see it in Booker. Be that as it may, he was averaging like 25 points a game. Deserved to make the <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think, yes, well, what, exactly. are they the two? Be that as it may, that's not really the point. Did he deserve an all-star this year? 110%. And they're the two-seed yeah, in the West now, he definitely too. Deserved it's to crazy. Make it. Yes. That's, they passed both I mean, I wanted teams. to – I do kind of want to keep talking about the All-Star game just a little bit, but I do kind of think – I mean, are you guys down to talk Suns yeah, for a little bit? Let's go for it. I mean, yeah. What do you What do you got on your mind? I mean, I am I always have the Suns on my mind, way more than I have the Hawks on my mind. <laughs> I'm just thinking that, like – so, yeah, I did catch that Suns-Lakers game last night, and I think 
that this upcoming playoff season, I think that the Suns will be like the heat of last year. I really do. I think they're going to get to at least the Easter Conference Finals, the Suns. They just have a swag to them. And, I don't know, CP3 is just like – I think he's etching some more um, some more marks into his legacy where he'll be remembered as like an all-time assist guy. And, you know, he'll, he'll those Lob City teams he'll be remembered for. But I think he will actually have a new notch for he is maybe the first player ever to be a journeyman, but a, like an absolutely team-altering journeyman. Wherever he goes, he'll make that team better. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we were saying on the Hawks just a few minutes ago. Just having a competent front office and a competent coach in with the organization can just flip everything one iota. Like, Monty Williams yeah. is such a great coach, and James Jones seems like he really knows what he's doing. And the fact that they were able to bring in Chris Paul, the fact that they were able to bring in Jay Crowder and a bunch of these strong guys, and also having the fact that yeah. Mikhail Bridges could make the leap and seeing DeAndre Ayton be able to take that next step as well. This just shows yeah. that it, it really can't all be just a young all-star getting buckets all the time. It really has to be an organization willing to like be hungry and build around those kind of players. I think they're in a good spot. I would love to be a Suns fan right now. I don't want to live in Arizona, but I just feel like that is a team. <laughs> hey, Arizona's great. I got to visit, man. Why don't you kick me out to that trip and go out there to see all those baseball teams? And you know what? I shouldn't talk shit. You've got me some great gifts, and you got some other people some great gifts. Yeah, yeah great you bet Tim gifts. Tebow because of me. I still have that Tim Tebow hat. My <laughs> prized possession is a Tim Tebow Mets hat. And um, But even better than that happening in Arizona – the Phoenix Suns have a lot going on in Arizona right now, and also undoubtedly the best jerseys in the NBA. Oh, I still, I still have the take that because they wear those Valley jerseys, they're getting like an extra three to five points a game on confidence alone with how good they look. It's a swag factor for sure. I mean, you just wake up and you're like, you know what? Do you think Jay Crowder would be shooting as well as he is if he was wearing a Knicks jersey? No, absolutely not. <laughs> It's not valid. Stupid the city, like with the blue and orange. Like, no. no. Our, our city jerseys stink. Yeah. I think the valleys are absolutely on a, you know, God tier level. Our <laughs> grandchildren will be wearing those at day drinks. Before before we get off the suns, what, so what do you, I, I want you guys to both give me your comments as if it was a week ago when this was actually announced. Do you think Chris Paul should have been an all star? Because now they're the two seed. Now, like, I think maybe if it, like, was voted right now, I'd say yes. But I didn't think so, so a week ago. I still say the no. The reason that I, I would say yes is it's very rare in sports where a free agent, especially a veteran free agent, comes in and just immediately makes the team better. Like, he was able to run the floor yeah. in such a way and get more out of Evan Booker and get more out of Mikael Bridges that they were able to play off the ball more offensively and also kind of lock in more defensively. So I, I would say he was an all-star just for the fact yeah. that he made the Suns a relevant contender instead of just a fringe uh, play-in tournament team. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. I mean, the way I – one of my biggest problems, I was, like, so adamant about this a couple of weeks ago, was that I felt so adamantly about DeMar DeRozan being on the all-star team when no one else did. And I just think what he's done is, like, so similar to what Chris Paul – I mean, it's just that he wasn't the oh, agent. Yeah. But the way he's leading those young San Antonio Spurs, I could barely name two Spurs before the season started. Now, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, like, they're all, like, 
the what Popovich and him are doing is insane. I They're relevant like, again, man. Yeah. I can't believe it, but like there's not a high chance, but just because again, it's a big culture place. Honestly, you gotta really trust that Popovich and Becky Hammond are gonna do good stuff out there. And if I was a free agent, I'm gonna pick the Spurs over a lot of other teams. Not most teams, but more I would lean more towards the Spurs than a good amount of teams out there if I was a free yeah, agent. And that's what's crazy to me. I think he's just one of the biggest snubs because how does someone leading the fifth seed in the Western Conference? No one thought they'd be good. To me, he's almost like the Julius Randle of the West, what he's doing for the Spurs. And it's like, I don't know, it's is this his second third. or third year with San Antonio? I don't even uh, I think it's third because he went when Kawhi right. was the Raptors. So, I mean, yeah. I just think it's astounding. And, like, I'm not trying to take away from Chris Paul. I think they're both worthy. But, like, to me, I want, I want even distribution of the teams that are out there, you know? Yeah. Do you, um, do you think DeMar's a Hall of Famer? Uh, right now, no. I think he would need to find a way to, uh, uh, like, either win a championship or he would have to s- sustain this, like, level of play for at least another few years, I think. I don't think right Can I be honest about DeMar really quick? Yeah. I think you know this just based on us, uh, you know, being pals. I, uh, I really didn't wasn't a fan of his for a long time. I think that was just because I was just ignorant to his play. I um I just saw him and Kyle Lowry just get run over year after year. But it wasn't just that they were getting run over by LeBron. It was the fact that just the narrative was like, here they are. This is their year. The Raptors, they're, they're the number one seed. Can they beat LeBron in the East? And they never could. And I kind of did hold that against him for a long time. But I don't think that would stop me from really liking DeMar and what he's doing now. I just held that against him. Because you know what? That's just not – um. That's not the guy he is. He wasn't going to lead that Raptors team. He just barely couldn't. And a better version of him and Kawhi Leonard could. Because their games actually aren't that different. No, Both yeah. him and Kawhi play a killer mid-range game. They have really good IQ out there on the court. So, Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I agree with that take. For sure. I, don't need to wait. I don't need to wake up in the morning and hate DeMar DeRozan because he <laughs> definitely doesn't know or never know who I am. I just think his, his friendship with Kyle Leonard it is, is the cool. thing in It the is world. very cool. It's adorable. And a uh, big rest in peace to his father. I know he was going through the loss of his father. So put him on, <laughs> I'm the worst. Put him on the all-star team, <laughs> goddammit. Get him on the all-star team for sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, just to go back to our original all-star debate. Chris, Do I put Chris Paul over John Morant? I, I still don't. I don't. I definitely don't put him over. I think I'd put uh, him over God. John Morant this year, especially because John Morant was out with the rolled ankle that I had when I put pickup back. What is with injuries and all? Why do we? Why are we out here? Yeah, you're right. Sorry to cut you off, but it is really frustrating because I haven't realized that. Why do we just give guys all star selections if they've been like hurt for a month? It's. It, I mean, Kyrie Irving literally said, "See you later," and is like starting the yeah. all star game. Don't like. Let's that's like next, not get started on week. him. <laughs> I'll, I'll go for an uh, hour. Um. So the other really great For thing sure. about a All Star Weekend, besides just like that game, is all the different little competitions that we get. Um, so all of the participants in the competitions got announced the other day. So I thought it'd be a pretty good idea if we just all went through and we gave our honest reactions to uh, everyone who got picked and what we think of the competition, and if there's anybody else we'd like to see into it. Totally. Yeah, I mean, can I just go ahead and run with that, Riley? So dunk competition is Obi Toppin and it's Obi o- Toppin. No, it's Obi Cassius and, uh, Stanley and uh, Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons. Right. I, I really like Anthony. 
Anthony's cool. I I love the Blazers. You guys know that. They're like, you know, my Western team right now. It was OKC for a long time, but I just can't go out there and like be a huge SGA guy. But I, I love OKC still. I love the Blazers. But I just, so yeah, so that's the guys, right? It's Simons, Toppin, and who? Cassius Stanley. Right. Okay. Cassius Stanley. Okay. And who's yeah, he on? So the Pacers. The Pacers. I just think it's a sin. That Anthony Edwards is not there. It's a I sin. Think it's a sin that have the Zion's not there. I, I'm so okay, off the so, so contest. It's ridiculous. This is my real conspiracy yeah. theory. So Zion said no, and they went. We we have to announce this thing in two hours. Who are we going to possibly find? We have nobody to find, and <laughs> they went. They went. What about Cassius Stanley? And the committee was just like, <laughs> sure. We're going to put Cassius. Well, Cassius, I don't know if you two know, Cassius played with Zion at Duke. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, so he, I'm not familiar with the Blue Zion so history. Fun facts. He played with Zion on, on Duke, and he actually has a higher vertical. And I think like might be a better dunker low-key than Zion. So like my, I like stemming off Riley's theory. I, I like to think that uh, Zion was like last minute. Like I can't do it, but uh, my boy Cassius is in, and the NBA is like who? And he's like Cassius. No, because he no, said uh, Cassius kill. Yeah, because Cassius kill. Yeah, they, yeah. Then they just gave him a call, and he was like, "Oh, me? You want me?" And they're like, "Yeah, listen, we're at a we're at option. Would well, you do it?" He's like, "I mean, I guess." No, I, I mean, I feel like my my, uh, my sources, you know, I, before the pod, I, I reach out to all my sources and they didn't, they didn't answer for some reason. But besides Zion, didn't a bunch of other people say no? I feel oh, like they reached out to a lot of people. Like I mean, they always do, but I feel like it was actually more public about the no's this year. I think Zach Levine said no. I think... Uh, That's insane. Uh, Donovan Mitchell said no. A bunch of, like, bigger... It'd be cool. Them. Why did they... It would be fun if they did... All right, so... Quick heads up, if we're going to be able to have this podcast, let's just get this skeleton out of our closet. The three of us are, like, very much to a dangerous point obsessed with CBS's Survivor. <laughs> Why don't they do, like, a Winners at War version of the dunk contest? Like, have, like, the well, five past winners all go out there. Because they are because they just, like, won't do it for some reason. Like, are they afraid they're going to hurt? You won't get them. No, as everyone... See, you know, I would understand the, like you know, guttural fear that everyone has about getting hurt at the All-Star weekend. If anyone ever actually got hurt, no one gets hurt if they're all playing, like, very soft pickup games in the All-Star game. And then at the dunk contest, I don't know, be careful out there. Yeah, yeah just don't get just, hurt. Just don't break your ACL. If only like, it was that easy, ACL. right? That's it. Yeah. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. If only. All right, so that's so, dunk. What 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 other uh, ones did you want to go over? Well, well, it's hundred percent Obi Toppin because he's the only person I've ever actually record. seen do like a sick dunk. John, it's got to be Obi because it's the most Knicks thing. Like a guy who's not performing that well to go. It's like very New York Mets actually. Like how Pete Alonso won the home run derby. Well, it's kind of different because he yeah. was like a borderline like <laughs> rookie of the year that year. But it's just it'll be Obi. I am for sure New York Obi is in there. Like as a Knicks fan, that is kind of that's why I'm watching, and I like that it's at halftime. Yeah, but I'm I'm absolutely picking Cassius Stanley because that's the most NBA yeah, I mean, I'm here contest for thing ever. That he's <laughs> I'm here if yeah, he does. Sure. Um, so the next contest was the three point contest, which had a pretty good group of, of contestants. This one looks so, fun. Uh, the contestants are Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Stephen Curry, Jason Tatum. Donovan Mitchell and Zach Levine. 
Wait, get out of here. That's awesome. For yeah, sure. they, they, they pulled out the stops so, for that one, at least. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. You have the three-point god out there. It's It's got to be Steph Curry with the win, for sure. Steph, like, low-key doesn't win ever, though, as much as I love the man. Yeah. Let's see. I don't think he's ever won. If I, I don't know if you guys can verify that, but I'm pretty like, sure he's never won one in his career. I actually have the list up right now, and he won – once he, uh, he won in 2015 the next year clay wins this is so bizarre i would never okay, so have guessed this. Remember that eric gordon I, won in 2017 and then booker i remember, Harris, I remember buddy then, healed last year and then healed win because you know what who doesn't want healed in the yeah, pick so, yeah um, i want healed in the I, pick. i think this competition yeah. these six contestants are probably some of the best i think my personal bias aside you probably didn't need both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in there. I feel like Jalen Brown's not known for his three-point shooting either. I, I Listen, I'm not going to go into it no, yet, but I, mean, I feel like he's not known for that. Again, there's no. no reason that they should have – that Larry Nance – I mean, not Larry Nance, that Joe Harris should not be in the, uh, the competition. Yeah. Or, or or just Bradley Beal. Like, why not Bradley Beal? Joe Harris. Or, like, how about, like, some three-point specialist? They wake up in the morning and they have to go and, like, live their lives being yeah. like, I am an NBA player purely for my long ball. Why isn't, like, Jingling Joe Ingles yeah. out there? Oh, like, I yeah. loved when Steve Novak I mean, was in it that one year. People that aren't so ready for this, cool. com- awesome. this conversation. But Jalen Brown's actually shooting 2%. Better than Jason Tatum is from three, but we don't. We don't need. We don't, we don't have to go there right now. <laughs> Listen, that's a whole pod. That that's for you and Celtics fans to like. You know, stay up at night over about like that's a problem. Well, fun fact though, too. I I learned this the other day. Did you know that if uh, Donovan Mitchell or Levine win, they'll be the first player ever to win the uh. contest and the three point contest. I like that. I'm definitely, I'm definitely rooting for Steph because I do think Steph is just like the ultimate hero of the NBA right now. If he goes crazy and like somehow wills, I think if he wills the Warriors to a top four seed, he's the MVP. Will that happen? No, the Warriors kind of are a mess. Draymond Green really did just like I don't know what's up with him. He just isn't the same guy. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm going out. I'm, I'm obviously gonna be rooting for Steph as my favorite player, but I'm picking my boy. Donovan Mitchell, he's going to do it. Love the kid. I feel like I want to go ahead and put a really weird – so, I mean, I, all right, can I – right, I know I said Curry would win it at the top. <laughs> can I change it to Zach Levine? Um, I will allow any Zach Levine love in this podcast. I want to lock mine in as Levine just for this quick reason as I, I, do put some, I do put some hate on his name, you know, in public and private settings of all, of all the like. But – I can't lie, I do get really afraid of Zach Levine when there's two minutes left and the game's on the line. And that's basically all the three-point competition is, is just how well can you shoot with the pressure on, and I yeah, feel like he um, might go off. I So this is funny, because I actually think if Don uh, Devin Booker is the person that I think could actually take the whole thing off, he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. He's kind of pissed that he's kind of been gifted, like... Uh, I think he's won one, or he's come close to winning one before, too. I had it up at one point. Let's yeah. see if I still can get it. I don't know. We literally Something said all the winners, and I don't remember saying that. screams that he's going to be able to win this. He's very, very quick on his feet and be able to just move quickly off ball. And if it's not Steph, I would say it's him. I will uh, I will be in full support 
Yeah, I'll, I'll be in full support of him winning it if he makes a huge deal out of it. If he's like flipping the table, I just don't want Jalen Brown to win anyone but him because then I'll then it proves no. Steve is wrong, and I don't like when Steve. Right, we'll wrong. move on from there. I don't. Yes. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, that's just us kind of really. That's going to be probably what we get into for the most part. Each episode is just kind of going around talking about a lot of things that are kind of currently going on, as well as just our own. Um, typical dramatic and narrative takes on it all. So that's really the biggest things right now. I think down the line we do want to get into the trade deadline, but I think things could still get interesting with that. It doesn't feel set in stone. So I think we've covered enough news. Now let's find us a way to segue into the world premiere of a highly original game that we love to play and need to go ahead and just put on hold for now because I'm going ahead and steamrolling this there's one more thing that I forgot about with All-Star Weekend that I think everyone forgets about. I went ahead and started introducing the game. Boo. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. All right. They're throwing things Wait, I, I love... All right. I thought, it's the skills I challenge. I was just trying to skip ahead. Challenge. I was just... I, was I don't read all care the about content. it, but whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are I, the contestants in the skills challenge? The um, challenge? How dare you? No, I mean you're fine. I guess I don't so, get a vote here then. This the skills challenge competitions are uh Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, Robert Covington, Dominus Sabonis, Nikola Vucevic, and Julius Randle. And why is this not bigger news? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Julius Randle in the like skills it. competition, baby. I oh mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's to the coolest thing ever. To me, it seems like it's Lucas to lose. I don't think that's I've a seen cool a one. person more skilled with the basketball than Luka Doncic. So, how does he not win the skills competition every single year? He never does it. Yeah, he's lucky. He's lucky. Bam's not playing because <laughs> when Bam won it last year it was the highlight of my life. And oh wait, speaking uh, speaking of Bam, I did want to bring this up. It is looping back, but he is an All Star snub. Just saying, but um. I mean, huge one. I think I think that the skills competitions, like, I feel like it's just always that random big man who's just like really good at passing for some reason. Like, the I think it's no fun. Like, Luke is not going to do it. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I th- I think he. I don't, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not just bringing my weird anti-Lucas stance. I the person who I think will win is against someone who I think does well under pressure. And, like, also, I think you kind of have to have, like, a job interview standpoint with these things is you kind of have to not give that much of a shit. I think that guy is Chris Paul. I think he's going to go out there with all the skills to win and also, like, I don't care if I lose, where I feel like Luka might really want to win and bring, you know, glory to wherever he's from. Not to give, not to sound ignorant to to Luka Doncic, but he's a great player. I just see Chris Paul bringing this home. Yeah, I'm... For my, I mean, I'm obviously sure you will be too, John. I'll be rooting for Julius Randle because, I mean, go next. Oh, yeah. But my pick will be Domas Bonus because he's my boy. And I love my big men who can pass. What's funny is why <laughs> you do. is Chris Paul doing it? It's probably just the fact that, like, it was either he participates in this competition or he's just, like, sitting in this hotel room that night and he's just like, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, might as well. Wait, so, uh, Rod, do you think it's more likely that he asked to be in it based on his personality, or do you I think it's more pro- likely that the NBA, NBA dragged him out? You can do this if you want to do it. And he went, like, what else am I going to do? Like, I'm already, 
I can watch Nomad Land on Hulu tonight, or I can go play in the skills competition. Yeah. I'm in on the skills competition. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to watch him watch Nomad Land more than I think I would want to watch anything on yeah. All Star Weekend. Yeah, I'm all about that, man. I think he, uh, yeah, I think he'll get weirdly competitive with it though. Once he's there, he's oh, he takes everything serious. I'm sure he's gonna want to win. <laughs> yeah, he, he's gonna push uh, Julius Randle out of the way. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll hear how mm-hmm. he's the head of the Players Association like 80 times too. I didn't know that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's absurd. Yeah. All right. My huge apologies for the disrespect yeah. to the other fiends. <laughs> and um, I mean, I'll never do it again. I hope you guys don't replace me with a uh, Schlink. Uh, uh, if I had the opportunity, I probably would. I'm sorry. Schlink would probably be a better friend too. I feel. Like, <laughs> I do you think Schlink. if you were friends, would you would you pick up? How far would you drive to meet Schlink? Oh, probably three hours. How long do I get to spend with him? It's a lunch, so like forty five. Is it a free lunch or am I paying? You're splitting the bill. Oh, okay. And it's at like a pretty nice place, so it's gonna be like a hundred bucks. So, and then do I get anything out of it? Like, am I like? No, I... like, well, you can take a selfie and like you can like say you met Schlink, but like you're not gonna get like. So I can't well, be actually, like. I can't be like let's exchange numbers and like. You can network. You can be like, listen, I've worked for like I've you know I've done athletics for some time. Like, what do you think? I feel like I could really you know chew your ear here with if you want to listen to my podcast hoop fiends we have a lot to say about the hawks okay i'd I'd drive two hours i'd probably drive two and a half i'm 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 45 minutes thinking when you traded luka Doncic for cam reddish and trey young what was the thought process (laughs) there mr schlink oh wow i mean i want to run with that for a second riley just think about all the documentaries we're going to get to watch when we're like fathers about that uh that trade with Trey Young and Luca, those guys which are just is a, forever. Which is a shame because the people who should be getting more shit are the people who took Marvin Bagley and Jaron Jackson. Yeah, we're not even talking about the Kings because they don't even have enough drama for us to like get worried about. At least the Hawks have problems. The, the Kings are just like whatever. But I feel like they're actually in some ways better off because they don't have all that stress when they don't need it. I feel like they're just like whatever. We have Darren Fox and Halliburton and like maybe Bagley will work out. It's not looking like he will, but. I would be stoked about a awesome. Fox and Halliburton backcourt. Oh, I mean, yeah, I would. I mean, Halliburton in any backcourt would be wonderful. I mean, I think so too, and I think that is absolutely something that we will be debating for a long time. But I tried to lead us into it before. The people, they pulled me back. I can't be stopped this time. There's no skills competition to hold me back. I will give a slightly different intro to the shoot around. The shoot-around is a world premiere of a game that we are looking to play with some high stakes. Some stakes I'll try to work out, and maybe not. So hear me out here. Listen, folks, it's the shoot-around. It's weird. It's definitely a rip-off. It's a lightning round. But above all, get used to it, because I think we're going to love it. And the stakes are high. Tonight, I'm going to be hosting tonight's version of... Basically around the horn, we're calling it the shoot around. If ESPN sues us, you know what? Go for That'd it. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be cool. We're down. Let's get uh, let's get so let's get an ESPN lawyer on the pod tonight. We're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like if we he'll Schlink will give us his lawyer for the Hawks. So we're gonna debate here about a theme, and it's a theme of All Star Weekend. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I did send the other fiends these questions. 
Hopefully they had some time to think about it. But here's the thing. The only curriculum where if they could win is my personal judgment. I'm deciding here. So I'm going to pitch right now the other two fiends with three questions all circling the same general theme, all right? Whoever is able to win in a best of three each week of this game is going to walk away with a fat W. No matter what, all three questions are going to get played and debated, even if someone wins the first two, because, hey, that's just more fun. And two, even if you lose, the point stays on for your overall record. That goes towards a prize that we will reveal at some point, because we still have to figure it out ourselves. All right, anyway, well, the last thing is, whoever wins is going to host the next episode, and whoever loses right now is just stuck until they escape with a win, all right? Oh, and the host always sets the theme and picks the questions themselves. So this is my own look at things. All right. You guys feel ready? Oh, let's do it. To decide who goes first, this is hard. Pick a number between 1 and 10. I have a number in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Who gets to pick the number? Mm. Fight this. Just say it Wait, first. can we pick a number here. between 1 and 10 to see who gets to pick the number? Oh, I have, I have the number between 1 and 10 in my head. You guys five. try to get closest. <laughs> yeah, and whoever gets it close. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I rise is 5. What do you say, oh, Steve? Uh, 4. It was 4. <laughs> All right, so it is 4. So Ooh, I win. So what? <laughs> you win the chance to go first on a premiere show. It's called Shoot Around, and nice. you helped create it. Anyway, so on the shoot around, I'm gonna go ahead and give you this first one. Steve, you go. Riley, you have a chance to go, and then you guys can both go one more time, right? So, Steve, you're gonna respond first. Steve, who is most likely to break quarantine rules at All Star Weekend, and why? So I gave this some thought, and I mean, there. I think getting to go first in this one is a little bit of an advantage because there's the obvious baiting fruit that this game is in Atlanta, and what I decided to go with for my answer was, this 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 player might be different, but the reasoning might be similar to what Riley has. My player is Bradley Beal. I thought the easy way to go would be saying James Harden, but that's no problem. Okay. But Bradley Beal, and here's my logic, I think Bradley Beal is going to get to this All-Star game, start playing with all these stars and all these great players on the right. team, and he's going to realize... That his life, and he already might know this, but his life in Washington is just miserable. He's going to realize that he could be playing with all these types of players. Probably a lot of these players he could be traded to. And I'm sure he's going to want to do it. And that'll lead to him, you know, he might talk to his buddy James Harden and be like, hey, what, what, you heard about the strip club Lou Williams went to? And, and James Harden will be like, oh, I got a VIP. You mean Lemon Pepper Lou? Yeah, I got a VIP ticket there. You want one? And you know. Bradley Beal will be in that strip club drinking his sorrows away and having a good time. So that's my answer. I like that a lot. I'm going right, to really so take that into consideration. Like I Steve, am taking notes. I, Riley, I what do you got to say to that? too easy of an answer was James Harden. And it's like, it's so easy that you just don't, you just don't want to say it. So the counterpoint to that it's would a meme. be, I think Ben Simmons is so happy to be there that he's an all-star in Atlanta Plus, he also has like that playboy attitude to him because he dated uh, one of the Jenners that he dated Kendall Jenner. So he knows like I'm a dude mm. like I'm everyone. Everyone loves me. I'm like a popular athlete that he can just go out to a club and just probably find a couple couple of uh, <laughs> nice ladies. So. Is he going to the strip club with? Uh, Bradley Beal, same place. Yeah, what if they see you? What if <laughs> the, the answer is together. both? No one <laughs> said that yet. 
Yeah. <laughs> he has to Maybe he got traded to Philly because of that trip. Steve, stop talking. You're digging, you're digging yourself a bigger <laughs> hole here, Steve. All right. I actually am leaning more towards uh, – I have my way leaning towards – everyone can get another 10 seconds to go. Um, I uh, It's okay. I, I stand by. I think Bradley Beal is the clear player here. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go. Um, you know I what? Ben I was Simmons wrong. Is the best <laughs> off-ball defender in the NBA, and that he can defend against anything except COVID nineteen. So. All right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Exactly. This is, he this can't is protect himself. Bradley Beal doesn't play defense. This is unfair. <laughs> I um, I gotta go with. I'm gonna go with Ben Simmons here because I thought that was the most outside the box answer. I really didn't know where Riley was gonna take it at first, but I feel like he's a really young kid. And will not want to follow rules. So I do see. All right. So, all right. Point number one it goes to Riley. All right. So, Steve, this is your fighting for your life here. That's a, that's, that's not good. You're not, you're not a fan of having to be up against the wall. I thought you, I thought you'd thrive under pressure. Well, I'm just worried because my next one was more funny than it was hopefully going to win. But let's continue. Well, maybe you can think on the fly. All right. All right. So, because you just won Riley, you get to go right away. So, Riley. Go ahead and pitch me a way to tweak All Star Weekend right, so to make it better, or I go think ahead and just add a completely change the three point competition and just kind of do like a horse style competition where they slowly move the shots back, and you have different racks that are slowly moving back because we're reaching to a point where people like Trey Young, Damian Lord, Steph Curry are just making like half court shots relatively easily. So they should have a rack like right under the basket yeah, sure. that slowly pedals back into like uh, the other side of the court, and you just have to slowly start chucking buckets across. I'm a fan. It's a very modern, modern look at it. I like that. All right, Steve, what do you got? All right, so I feel like we've made this clear that my favorite thing in basketball is the big man and the center. Oh, yeah. And with that comes my favorite stat in basketball, which gets no love, the block. The block is – see, now you can, pit, you can pitch this right. as either a spinoff. You're losing me. You could spin this as either a pitch, or like a twist to the dunk contest, and I'm going to pitch it that way as an improvement to the dunk contest. So instead of having all these no-name losers go out there and dunk a basketball and then Dwayne Wade and – well, actually, Dwayne Wade's right. They just get tens for every dunk, and it's I like absolutely that a lot. absurd. Yeah, he, he's he, Dwayne Wade really quick. He's great on uh, on inside the NBA. Yeah, and he's right though. When they just give tens to every dunk, it's like it it puts value. Like there's no way to value those dunks. But anyway, that's why we're changing it. And my idea is to give some love to the all stars out there. So what, who I want in this hypothetical hypothetical competition is Rudy Gobert. I want I want Miles Turner, Embiid. I want all those big men. And what the competition is, you're put, you're sending out Cassius Stanley and Derek Jones Jr. anyway. They're going to dunk. Wow. You're paying them $25,000 for charity. And their goal in this block contest, their goal is to dunk the basketball. And the, the dunkers, I mean, the blockers, their goal is to block the shot. And the way it works is if you play defense and the, uh, the dunker doesn't score, you get a point. If, the, if you get a clean block on the basketball, you get three points, and you have judges there who can give bonus points and award it based on the, the like, audit. like, everyone knows that there's certain, like, the bam block in against Jason Tatum. Blocks have a certain feel to them. You could tell when they're energetic and fun, and I want those oh, blocks yeah. graded. And I think it's harder to grade than a dunk because maybe, maybe they won't give them all tens for that. So that's that's my competition. 
Steve, I got to be honest. You really didn't have me at all whatsoever the start. This is interesting. All right, so the last thing on this one, I want both of you just once to try to poke right, holes well, in the other person's argument. So, Riley, try to poke a hole in that really quick. It's very similar to the dunks is that it's just all about the, the effort that the opponent is giving to it. So if someone's just giving up like a baby sauce layup and you're getting in like a crazy block, it's not that special. But I think... Yeah, but that's that's why you're paying them twenty five k for if you dunk it. All right, all right. So now, uh, all right now, Steve, try to poke a hole in Riley's back up the rack one. Oh well, I think the back up the rack thing. I think that idea and concept kind of they're already going that way because in the three point contest they have you go around, go around the horn, make the three, and then they have you take your one or two shots at the half court line, or I think it's like thirty foot line or whatever. They're already trying to move it back, and I see that logic. But the thing is, I think. It, with the rack just moving back like that, it's already it's already there. It's already, they're already doing that, you know. I can't believe it. I gotta be honest. I'm gonna go ahead and just say it. All right. I'm not just doing this to make an interesting point, Steve. Point, Steve. Because the block is the best stat in the NBA. It's an interesting stat. Is it the most sexy cool, stat? No. Yeah, I think it's a cool way to promote that. I mean, I think it's it a is. way the blockers don't get love. I re- that was a really good one, guys, because I really enjoyed actually. I know. I know there is something similar to it, but I did really enjoy backing up the rack just to highlight what's really exciting about like the marketing of the NBA right now with just like these guys splashing shots. But I feel like there's some beef and narrative that can come. What if you do like uh, Bam and who did Bam block? Jason Tatum. Do? Yeah. What if you do that? That's and good. All right. I, so... I envision it in my head. It's like a like an NHL shootout. Like you have Jason Tatum right. half court, just like sprinting <laughs> up and trying to yam it on Bam's face. And I, I also had in my notes that if you if there's a foul occurred, you lose a point. So, like, you're not supposed mm. to foul either. That's an interesting thing on it. It's coming down to it. Um, made it interesting. Last one to walk away with the first win and two hosts next episode is this. We have back to Steve going first. Last one. What is the most memorable All-Star Weekend moment of all time? And why is the moment you pick the definitive best moment, Steve. You're on the clock. Give me about give me about twenty seconds, Steve. All right. So for this, I thought about like, uh, what, can I just like Google what were some of the top moments in All Star history and then pick one of those and try and argue for it? And I thought that was no fun. I kind of wanted to speak to a moment that like resonated with me and All Star yeah, yeah, yeah. lore history. So, and I know it's kind of recency bias, but I did go with last year's All Star game and what I think was the coolest moment in All Star history was the fact that they enacted that target score in the game and that made it so cool. the first team that scored 25 or I, I don't remember the exact numbers that they needed to score, but they made it so each team needed to score a certain amount of points and the first team to that point won. And you saw, I've never seen NBA players care as much as they did in that All-Star game and it was awesome right. to watch. You had them going back and forth, back and forth. Play, like Giannis was blocking shots. Kyle Lowry was drawing charges. It was the coolest thing ever. And you never get to see it. On, it's normally just like a 200-200 game. And it for some reason, it made the players care. And then that looped in with the Kobe Bryant like tributes and everything going on on that weekend. I think that and then Anthony Davis missing that first free throw when it was too, he needed to make one free throw to win. I think Anthony Davis sinking that free throw capped what was my favorite moments of any All-Star game. It was big. People were talking about it, and you usually don't even talk about the game at all. And so I honestly think but... that uh, it might be a hot take, but I think it would be beneficial. Like, we could talk about this later on in a new pod, but I think it would be beneficial maybe for the NBA to take on a target score in the end of a game. 
It'd be interesting. I mean, I'm maybe just a wild card, maybe just the play in that could be interesting yeah. for. Right. I like that. That's a different. That's a different question. Um. All right, Riley, for you. Stick so out come back at that. What is your uh, what is your like moment? The Blake Griffin dunk over the Kia, and then like Dwight Howard like Superman out of the phone booth thing. But I, I was sure. really thinking for just moments that stuck out in my mind from All Star Weekend, and there was really only one that, in a sick way, just made me laugh over and over and over again. So in 2017, uh, they were doing a competition with a bunch of celebrities to shoot baskets to raise money for the Craig Sager Foundation. And Ernie Johnson and Richard Jefferson are hosting. And they see Steph Curry sitting courtside. And they call him up and they go, Steph, if you can make a half-court shot, we will give give half a million dollars in your name to the Craig Sager Foundation. Can you do it? And he's like, I'm ready for it. They give him five chances in street clothes. He's standing at the logo of the All-Star game, and he's just chucking baskets, and he cannot make it. But just the sounds that everyone in the audience is making and the audience, it's just everyone's so disappointed in him, but it's also just (laughs) such a crazy ask that no one knows how to really react. And then eventually they just have uh, some kid go up and, like, dunk the basketball and they gave half a million dollars anyway. But it was just so – it's such an awkward moment for Steph that he just has – on national TV just can't make, like, his half-court shots. You can't – you definitely can't say no. But and he can't say no. Every time I think that, – when I think about All-Star I, I, Weekend, I just – you think about all of the great moments in it and all of just the, the lows and the awkwardness. And just seeing such a pro like Steph Curry not be able to do like one of his greatest attributes. Right. No, you couldn't write that. You couldn't write that. In fact, in fact, I think there was a college humor sketch somewhere to that. Man. All right. I I don't mean to do this. I don't even need other responses. Uh, he just wanted Steve. Like that is just so outside the box. I love the Kobe thing. I think that should be used. I didn't even think about that moment, but that just captures how yes. weird and funny these moments can be. <laughs> okay. Riley, you you want your host the next episode, man? <laughs> uh, Do you want to talk about what we're thinking about for the prize? Um. Yeah. Well, I I was down to do like loser buys the winner a yeah. jersey of their second, choice. Second, I think, that's I think that'd be fun. I think I think second just escapes doing anything. <laughs> yeah. I like that, guys. I like the game. I think that was fun. Was I'm excited ready. to see what uh what uh what you bring to host, Riley. That'd be cool. You were born ready for it, guys. This was awesome. I think for episode one, I think yeah. I mean, like... this felt good. I don't know. I I would do this again. I had so much fun. <laughs> this was a blast. This is really just us, maybe talking like we would, but lots of less impressions, a little bit less just rambling. Still, lots of rambling, yeah, but trying either. to keep it direction. <laughs> hey, clean language too. I think I did pretty well. I don't think I cursed once. I think I need to clean it up. If anything, I think I might have let a few shits out there. If anything, <laughs> but this was awesome, guys. I'm really proud of this. This was a super fun time. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Um, if this went well and we did our job and things are clean on the technical side, you can find this episode shared on our respective social medias. Um, you know, I want to go ahead and create a Twitter that will maybe be hoop underscore fiends pod. <laughs> and I just want to go ahead and uh, if you're listening, if you stuck with us, thank you so much. Uh, but above all, I want to go ahead and thank uh, Stephen Riley for coming on. This was a blast. Of course. Had a great time. So much fun. Guys, go out there. 
Have a great night. Thanks for listening. And keep looking at the weird side of the NBA. Wonder who's up late at night and can't sleep. Have a good night, guys.